On today's Dimes and Daggers podcast, we discuss Dion Waiter's gummy gate and try to guess his supposed teammate dealer, how Kawhi Leonard popularized load management, how the New York Knicks are completely inept, and if two young Western Conference teams are the real deal. We also give our ballers of the week, booms and busts of the week, our weekly Magic Johnson take, and we're introducing a new segment where we call out awful statements, opinions, or takes by some of the boomers of the NBA. It's all next on the Dimes and Daggers podcast. You're listening to the Dimes and Daggers podcast, a show that covers the NBA from coast to coast with your hosts, Jack Hunter and Will Cropper. Welcome back to episode eight of the Dimes and Daggers podcast, a weekly podcast bringing you everything from coast to coast around the NBA, as you might have heard from our introduction. Jack Hunter joined alongside by co-host Will Cropper, a.k.a. Clutch Nets. How are you doing on this uh, fine Monday afternoon? Jack, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to be back, as we are every single Monday recording these podcasts. It was kind of a slow news week in the NBA. Would you say that? Um, I, I think it was a, you know, not, not too much. A lot happened last yesterday, especially, but I don't know. It was kind of slow. What, about, what do you think? I think it was a slow week on the court, but I think off the court, just in terms of just the NBA drama, I think I think we had a pretty fun week in terms of just everything that was going on. We had a lot of uh, substance abuse situations this week, which we don't see very often. So we saw two players bite the dust. We'll talk about one of them first. How about Dion Waiters? So I believe this was Friday night. We had we had quite the event happen Friday night, but everyone going to bed was thinking. Dion Waiters passed out from eating a gummy edible, who, which apparently was supplied to him by one of his own teammates on their plane ride to Denver for their game versus the Nuggets, which they got blown out in, by the way. Uh, and then he, when he woke up, he had a seizure from said edible, and now he has been suspended 10 games. So by all of the salary he's missing from the games and now that he's ineligible to receive uh, a bonus for playing in 70 plus games. I think he's missing out on about $2 million just from eating this said uh, edible. So th- that was, that was wild. I was going to say, because you said that it's been a fun week off the court. I know who didn't have any fun this week. That was Dion waiters. Like <laughs> that is the worst high possible. Why, why would you even take a gummy before a plane ride? I, I, I honestly don't like, I don't know. D- Dion, I thought that Dion would be the one that was like dealing gummies to people. I never thought that he would be the one that would like have a seizure from said marijuana yeah. gummy. I thought because then my, my first reaction initially was that it was Kelly Olenek because if you like if you if you ever see Kelly Olenek like on the street, would you not think he's a sketchy guy? The haircut, I, like, yeah, that's, that was my super, first thought too. Absolutely, yeah. But in further research. I think it's James Johnson because I saw mm. a video of him, man, and he just looked off something. He looked absolutely off something. What, what do you? What? what are, what's your theory? My first question was: Is Tyler Johnson still on the Miami Heat? Because that, that was my that was gonna be my first guess. But I mean, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, go back to my point about the whole expensive thing. Yeah, it was right. It was a, it cost him two million dollars because he's missing out on eight hundred thirty-four thousand dollars in his ten-game suspension because of this incident and uh, he's now ineligible for a 1.2 million dollar bonus for games played and that already added to a just not great start to the year for Dion Waiters because he got suspended for one game the first game of the season for conduct detrimental to the team and then just decided like 
Yeah, I guess Eric Spolcher just decided he wasn't going to dress out for the next seven or eight games before this situation happened. So uh, Waiters Island is is slowly getting drowned out in Miami. So that is that yeah, is I think not a great sight. I think climate change is starting to get to it, the it, Waiters. I think his island is going to be underwater. All the uh, all the stands are going to have to to find a new home. Oh yeah. It, Kendrick I think Nunn, the Kendrick Nunn Island is doing very well, though. So Kendrick Nunn Island is flourishing. Its population is increasing. Everyone is starting to ride the the Kendrick Nunn bandwagon. And just know the Dimes and Daggers podcast was the first. Just we, know we were on it. Well, I mean, Dion, like the past two years, has uh, averaged 12, 13 points a game on 40, 35, 64 splits, and he's only played seventy four total games. I don't know. Like, do you think he's going to find a home after uh, after his? stint in Miami is done because honestly I I think it's pretty safe to assume that a stint in Miami is finished I I don't I don't think so like I, I I usually like to think that like players that are talented like him would get a second chance but he's been so injured and then he's just been such a liability off the court I mean I, I'm sure there was a pretty solid reason why he hadn't really played at all this year and he got suspended for the first game of the year and he's he tore his Achilles and so he's not you know what he used to be like back when he was in Cleveland and when he kind of first came to Miami or when he was OKC. I, so I just I think he's too much of a hassle and he's not. I don't think he's I don't think he's worth it. I I will say though I agree. I think the whole Kelly Olynyk, I think that the whole thing might be right. I I you know you said really? James Johnson, but I'm looking at. I have this Miami Heat roster put up on the on the Google search and like his picture looks so creepy like he like he's he's got to be on something and you know the whole Canadian like like the whole Canadian like stereotype you, you know I I I don't know who it maybe maybe he was just trying to deflect it off of him that maybe he yeah. didn't come from him but maybe he was just trying to deflect it onto somebody but I mean apparently he's not trying to snitch on anybody now cuz I, I just really want to know what was Jimmy Butler's reaction to all of this. Oh, I mean, he's I, probably sitting on the plane like minding his own business, and then all of a sudden he probably sees Dion Waiters just like having a seizure, and then he, when he figures out what actually happened, he's like, "You're telling me I really left, I really left Philadelphia for this." He said that there was so much of what behind the scenes in Philadelphia, but now he's coming to a situation where people are seizing up for edibles. So Jimmy Butler. Fun in Miami. It's probably I mean, someone that we don't even like realize. It's probably like Duncan Robinson. I mean, well, because to be honest, two things first: the NBA does have a, a drug test program, and you would think after two high-profile players have gotten suspended for using drugs this year in the NBA, that he would have maybe thought, "Hey, this might not be the best idea." And two, you're literally about to go to Colorado, where that is legal. So, like, why? And it's everywhere. So, like, why couldn't he have just like? waited till he got off the plane. It's not like he would have had trouble finding anything once he got off the plane in Denver, Colorado. Because it's Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters doesn't live like us, Jack. Dion Waiters lives with no regrets. Dion, live, Dion Waiters is his own man. Waiters Island is a completely and utterly amazing place, and the only person on it is Dion Waiters. He truly is a spectacle. I, that's the only way I can describe him. Ever since that game winner, he's been enthralling. But I think it's I think his time his is his time in the league is starting to slowly slowly deteriorate and come down. I don't think that we're going to be seeing much of him in the future, especially on the Miami Heat. All right. So for the predictions vault, so if we ever figure out who does who gets who if he does snitch on somebody or they do find out who was, you're saying it's James Johnson. I'm saying it's James Johnson. 
thousand. And I'm saying that it's Kelly Olynyk. So <sighs> sticking with it. Hey, he ain't no six nine. So I think that we're gonna. I don't think we're ever gonna find out the person. I don't think. Okay, so uh, the next topic of discussion: John Collins also getting suspended. He got suspended, I believe, like the day after we recorded our podcast last week, uh, and he was found taking growth hormone. I know the growth hormone he was using was to try to. It's it's known for putting on pounds because it makes you more hungry. It makes your appetite increase. But I just find it so ironic that somebody who is like, I think he's six nine and a half, is taking growth hormone. I mean, this just. Just the irony in that. It's well, just... Listen, Jack, I honestly do feel bad for uh, the NBA players because not a single NBA player has ever taken a PED to their knowledge. According to them, <laughs> not a single person has ever taken one to their knowledge. It's always that they unsuspectingly that they had no clue, Jack. They had absolutely no idea that this was this. They they took it accidentally. And the, the, only, the only instant where I believe that was – not in the NBA. It was in the NFL with Golden Tate because Golden Tate uh, mm-hmm. had because I think you, do you know about that situation where he yeah yeah and his wife yeah he and his wife were trying for a child and he needed a little help. I, well, we won't get too uh, into it, but you know. So I think that was pretty much the only instant where I believed it. But besides that, like you have it's so tired. It's just lazy to say, oh, I didn't know. Sorry, uh, I'm gonna appeal now and expect for it all to go away. Like these guys need to realize that yeah. it's not that you're they're gonna get caught. Like no one has ever not gotten caught. I truly don't think there's a single person, a, maybe a couple, but you can't take a PED and expect it to go completely fine and for you to just get completely away with it. Well, and this is the annoying part of it too: is that growth hormone. I'm reading right now. There's no pill form of human growth hormone available by prescription. How do you accidentally inject yourself with growth hormone? Like, how does that work? Like, if you're injecting yourself with something, like, like, how do you not know that there's growth hormone in it? Like, I, I just Listen, find it so hard to believe that you Jack, could he thought accidentally. It was a flu shot. He thought it was a flu shot. He, he was getting his he was getting his yearly flu shot. He was at the team doctors. The team doctor definitely didn't tell him that it was a flu shot. That it was actually a PED, and it was actually a flu shot. So I don't know. I that listen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't completely rule it out. Come on now. And then he's eligible for an extension this off season. And you know, coming into the season, they were talking like maybe he was going to get the max contract. Uh, well, I I think that's pretty safe to say that's out the door. And ever since he's been out, Jabari Parker's been balling for the Hawks. So. His stock is going down. And and another guy, too, for the Suns. We'll talk about the Suns a little later. Like, DeAndre Ayton getting suspended for the PEDs as well. I mean, that that's another example of just how. Like, like the number one overall pick from last year already suspended. And it, he's he's a big dude. He's, like, seven feet tall, and he's, like, fully built. Like, why why would he be the one that would, that would be taking PEDs? I don't even know why they, like, why they do it. Because... DeAndre's like 20 years old. He has maybe if he, you know, keeps up, he was the number one pick. He has a ton of potential. He has probably 14 years left in the league, and he won't be hitting his stereotypical prime until five, six years later. He has so much time to improve his game and improve his physique before, you know, his career's over. Why do you take them in your 20s? Why, why, why do you need that extra boost? Are you just that lazy? Do you need that much help? I'm, I'm not going to try to call DeAndre Aiden lazy. Obviously, he's not. But it's just stupid. There's no – you don't need 
just work for it. I don't know. Maybe you need a little extra help. But I have a question for you, and we'll talk about the Suns a little bit later, but do you think DeAndre Ayton gets his starting spot back when he, he's off suspension? Aaron Baines looks like an MVP candidate. Well, I, th- I think it depends on how the Suns are doing. Like, I think if the Suns are still are still rolling along, they're still about 500, over 500, I'd find it very hard to imagine DeAndre Aiden coming back and starting. But, I mean, if they can, if they start being the Suns and start sucking, and Aaron Baines, that probably means Aaron Baines is going to start playing bad, going down stretch, and I wouldn't see a reason why he wouldn't come in. He was their number one overall pick. So, I mean, if they're winning, they've obviously got to keep their ways, but if they're not winning, I think he's going to start. Another thing, too, is that he was suspended for a substance that can act as a masking agent for other PEDs, so it can can like cover it, it it makes your other peds that you're taking like not readable to a drug test system so he's not lazy like he he that you can't accidentally no like because that that most likely means he was taking something and then used something else which he got caught for to try to cover up for that so right he does research that's what he did he absolutely did his research and he he's very smart about it yeah the there there is there is an I was pretty shocked to see those two guys, of all people, get suspended. Especially John Collins. Like I, I didn't think John Collins would have done a thing in the world, because it was so random too. Because we just got off talking about him, and we, you, you were giving him some praise, you were giving the Hawks praise in general. But it was kind of, it was kind of funny because I texted you after that, talking about it, and you were all pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like we were talking about the Hawks. Like there were two and zero. And then Trey Young got hurt, and then okay, we're about to 500. And then John Collins gets suspended. And now they just start falling back again. And it's like, can something just can they all just be on the floor at the same time together? Because John Collins missed so many games at the beginning of last year too because of injury. And they're like, and we're we're all like, okay, this year he's gonna play at the start of the season. Trey Young's not gonna be rookie Trey Young this year. Hawks are gonna be a lot better. And then of course, and it's something it's frustrating because it's not something that like. You can't avoid like it's like a, not a sprained ankle or something like that where it's just like oh shucks like it, it's, it's just it, stupidity. It's just stupidity. Honestly, uh, yeah. So another uh, another interesting note from Friday: Damian Lillard dropped sixty points in a loss to the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sure you're happy about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell dropped fifty-two points in the Warriors' loss, I believe, to the Thunder in the same night. Mm-hmm. That was the second time in NBA history. Where there have there have been multiple fifty point scores and both of their teams lost, and the only other date was when on the last game of the season, when in nineteen seventy eight David Thompson and George Gervin uh, had their famous last day duel for the scoring title that David Thompson won by scoring seventy three points. So, so I was watching that game for the Nets Blazers, and I. Thank God that CJ McCollum looks like Rodney Hood right now, because if he didn't, then the Nets would have lost because it was just Damian Lillard against the Nets. And the Nets pretty much as of right now are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. So I'm not going to take anything away from Dame for his 60, but it did help a little bit that he was playing the Nets. They and D'Angelo Russell, net Brooklyn net alum. I'm very proud of my guy because when I saw that, I was pretty surprised. I'm not going to lie to you because he wasn't doing his D'Angelo Russell self, his shooting numbers efficiency-wise through the uh, early part of the season. So his 52 points, I guess, is kind of his breaking out. I don't know how much of a breaking out you can have with the Golden State Warriors as of right now, but uh, I'm I'm still rooting for him. He's still probably my favorite player, and his 52 was as impressive as anything he did with the Nets. 
but I don't think that we'll be seeing too much success out of Golden State this year for him to uh, have more 52-point performances. Yeah, I just I just don't really know how you score 60 points in a game and your team loses. Like, yeah, it's same with 52. I mean, how do you how like Kyrie did it with against the Timberwolves an opening night? He had like 40 plus and they lost. But imagine scoring 60 and still losing. That must be so demoralizing. Like you must think I literally did everything I could and we still lost. That you must think how am I going to win with this team? Like I feel bad for Damian Lillard. There, his his team, I was giving the Blazers so much hype. Not so much. I was giving them hype before the season because they were t- together for the longest and all these new duos were kind of just going to get to know each other in this first year. But as of right now, they just look completely lost. They have they have a ton of offense and not as much defense. That's kind of what's going on with the Blazers right now. Well, yeah. So anyway, uh, I missed I missed spoke on there that D'Angelo Russell actually was playing the Timberwolves instead of the Thunder, which in my opinion probably doesn't make that huge of a difference. But the point being is yeah. D'Angelo Russell dropped 52 points and his team still lost to one of the worst teams in the NBA. I, I mean, especially if you score 60 points, like you, you got to assume oh my gosh. your normal team, you know, scoring about 110 is usually going to get you a victory most, most nights. And that means the other, I don't know, eight guys that play, just have to score 50 points combined. Like, that's that's literally, if I'm doing some, some quick math here, that's literally six points per player from eight guys. And, and that couldn't, like... They that just either, couldn't do it. They that couldn't either, do it. They, that either couldn't happen or your defense, like the other eight guys that were playing, couldn't stop the other team from scoring 120 points, which is equally as just what in the world. It's just so saddening. I feel bad for Damian Lillard. So one of the biggest buzzwords in the NBA... So far this season is the topic of load management, uh, mostly because Doc Rivers was just fined fifty thousand dollars for pretty much saying that he rested. He's going to rest Kawhi Leonard on a nationally televised game, and Kawhi Leonard has would utilized Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors utilized load management a lot last year, and it ended up pretty well for him. And I think they're gonna do the same thing on this uh, for this year with the Clippers, but the NBA implemented a rule where in 2017, the NBA implemented a rule where it's prohibiting teams from resting healthy players in high-profile nationally televised games, attempting to placate uh, his fans and lose as little money as possible, and they can find a team of $200,000 for breaking the rule. So they took measures to eliminate load management a lot because fans were pretty disappointed with going to big to, to be going to games hoping to see their favorite player and he's just resting or that ESPN or TNT schedules a game and the headliners for those games are resting it's it's it makes a lot of sense for those to be mad but man it, the the ultimate goal for every single team is to win a championship and i think Kawhi Leonard proved last year that if you manage your player your stars then they're gonna succeed in the playoffs more because compared to all Kawhi Leonard played 84 total games of basketball last year but he only played 60 in the regular season and there are 82 regular season games in a uh, an official NBA season and Kawhi Leonard only played two more of those 
than in, uh, if you have the cumulative total games he played. So we're speaking as if Kawhi Leonard played a full season regular season basketball. And in the playoffs, he averaged 30 points a game, 49% shooting from the field, and 38% shooting from a three-point line. So he really proved that it works. And I think that this all goes back to the fact that the NBA season might be too long because 82 games, it's very nice for the fans because I like to watch a lot of basketball. So I uh, it's very fun to always have a game to watch at night. But if you shorten the games, you'll probably, if you shorten the regular season, you're probably not going to run into this problem as often. Yeah. What I would say is that, I would say this. Don't hate the player. I hate the game. Okay. I why would why would anybody hate on Kawhi Leonard for continuing to make as much money as he can and let playing the least amount of games and having the least amount of injury he possibly can? And why would anybody try to hate on him for being 100% for the playoffs? Like I I think we're now getting towards a system in the NBA where the regular season means so little that you're going to start seeing we're going to start seeing the stars playing little and fewer games every single year because every team is realizing like hey it doesn't really matter if I'm the one seed or the two seed or the three seed I mean we saw Denver Nuggets last year it didn't really matter we saw like the most classic example is the 2014-15 Atlanta Hawks that won 60 games and then the Cavaliers who the Cavaliers who came into Atlanta and just like swept them like it was nobody's business and then you know they they sat LeBron that year so it's just it's it like don't why would anybody hate on Doc Rivers for wanting to have Kawhi Leonard healthy for the playoffs and wanting to have him fresh but the NBA has to respond because this is a problem like if if Kawhi Leonard and superstars aren't playing on the nationally televised games if the regular season just becomes one big G League fest to get into the playoffs then and one just becomes street ball to try to get in the playoffs because you've got no talented players playing in any regular season games, then you know you need to fix that. So whether it's less regular season games, more time in between games. I mean, back to backs are so stupid at this point because it's obviously clear that it affects teams, especially that when they have to travel after night one. Like it just doesn't not make any sense. Uh, and then two, when the playoffs are like a two month long season. You know why? Why are you spending all this time on this big long NBA season when the that two month season at the end is so long and so grueling, and it's really the only one that matters? So I, I don't know. Either make the playoffs more selective, either make it hard, or and make it harder to get in the playoffs, or you know, you know, make it like make it less back to back games, give more space in between the games. The NBA just needs to figure out something to where teams are have a negative incentive to sit out their players. Where where maybe only the top four seeds from each conference get in, or maybe uh, you know there's severe consequences to not playing your players in games, or they're gonna start cracking down more. There just needs to be something where teams are saying there is a reason for me to play Kawhi Leonard on a random November night on a Monday night on the second night of back to back. Well, this is not an easy solution because you have to balance the interests of both the players and the actual business aspect of your sport where they are trying to please the people the consumers are trying to please the fans are trying to please the tv deals the tv providers so these players have to play and i thought they fixed it with this nationally televised rule but i mean if the mb if the clippers can just say that Kawhi leonard sprained his ankle and he can sit out with no repercussions then they really didn't fix anything 
So I think they need to completely rethink their rule and they need to completely rethink load management in general. And my solution is shortening the season. But the problem with that is that a lot of these records and a lot of these stats become pretty not irrelevant, but not as significant because they weren't on the 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 upcoming, the future season stats for players will be on a different scale because they all have shorter uh, sample size than other players because they'll be they'll be playing 64 games, 68 games compared to others who play 82. But I think that when's the next CBA? Do you know that? I don't know when the next CBA is. Um, I'm not sure. That's probably going to be the biggest topic of conversation, though. I yeah. think it will be. I think that's going to be a huge, a huge point. And it's it's going to be hard to get a deal done around that because for both sides. I would I would say shortening the season is probably the most logical solution, uh, but it's also hard, like you mentioned, because you know you have all these all time stats that everyone wants to break the 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 points, the rebounds, the assists, and it's going to be kind of hard to do that. And all the points per game and every all the averages are going to get thrown off when you play eighteen less games a year. Uh, and so, you, you know, and you don't want to make the season shorter, but you also don't want teams playing and then like four days later than playing another game. So, you know, you're trying to strike that balance, uh, you know, between the fan, the NBA and the players itself. And I it's just going to be hard. I mean, I think in a perfect world, it would be more competitive to make the playoffs. That would be great because then you still get the 82 games then and then. But the players have more motivation to play and the coaches have more motivation to play their players because it's more competitive to get in the playoffs. You know, but Adam Silver, in terms of in terms of innovation, when it comes to the NBA, does not lack any sort of innovation. So I would not be surprised if this problem is fixed. Whether it's a good idea or not, I don't know. But he is not one to sit back and let things play out for a while. So, well, look at what baseball did because they they shortened the divisional round series from seven games to five. I think the NBA kind of needs to consider that too because this Kawhi Leonard, like I said, played twenty four games to win a championship. So that is, this is some really quick math, but I think it's probably a quarter of a season, right? So that's kind of the, you know, if you kind of, if you, if you want to shorten, maybe make it, try to make it more competitive, the shortening of the, the opening round and maybe make it a five game series. And then the rest seven game series, I think that works too, or maybe even make the first two rounds um, a seven, a five game series, and then the conference finals and the final seven game series. I think it's, I think it's something that balances the two, the playoffs and the regular season. But definitely shorten the season be my solution for that. Yeah, and it, I would just say the last thing: it's hard to have like a hot take on this because you know you have to view the perspective from everyone all around. If you're an NBA player and you and you're or you're an NBA coach and you can afford to sit out your player for 20 games a year, then why why would you hate on somebody? For, for doing that. And then you look at the NBA, of course, they're going to be mad when, you know, ESPN's paying all this, paying, are uh, getting paid from all their sponsors and their sponsors are pulling out because Giannis isn't playing tomorrow or, you know, insert superstar player that's not playing tomorrow. So you have to consider from all sides. It's just, just, it's bad, bad for the NBA though. Uh, so now we're going to move on to touch on two Western Conference teams that have particularly good records to start the year. And I guess we're not really. We're not really expected. At least one of the teams really wasn't expected. But the first one, it was the Dallas Mavericks, who we were expecting to take a step up this year, especially with getting Kristaps Porzingis and uh, Luka in year two. But they're 6-3 and three to start the year, and Luka Doncic does not look like he's having a sophomore slump. And so, uh, Will, what, do you think, what are your thoughts about the Mavericks? Do you think they can keep their hot start? 
No. I am going to be the pessimist in the situation because they have the 27th easiest schedule so far, and they have some two pretty egregious losses, one to the Knicks. I mean, can I say it again? One to the Knicks. To who? And the other one to, to, to the Knicks, Jack. How do you lose to the New York Knicks? And the other to the Blazers, and those two teams are struggling right now. And th- so those two losses are pretty, pretty significant. Um, they're also pretty big red flags for me. They only have really one strong win, and that's against Denver. And that was a good game because, but you know, this team's getting completely carried by Luka Doncic and Kristaps right now. They have awful. They don't really have. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. They have some pretty awful role players beside them. The only one, their third leading scorer is Tim Hardaway Jr. with 11 points per game, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is an incredibly inefficient player. So he's more of a streaky shooter, inconsistent scorer kind of guy. And besides that, they don't have really any help. Luka and KP right now are combining for 47 points per game and 18 rebounds. And then Luka's averaging 27 points a game and 9 assists on 10 rebounds. I don't think Luka's going to keep that up because if Luka keeps that up, that's MVP-like numbers. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we come back to this podcast and, I, and we play this clip and you're all laughing at me. But I don't think Luka's going to win. I don't think Luka's going to get close to an MVP. He's in the second year, and he's killing it right now. But the only way that the Mavericks succeed is that if KP and Luca can keep working together this well. And honestly, when they start, when their schedule starts getting tougher, when they start going on these long road trips, I just don't. I, I don't think it's going to work out. I think this team is going to be a fringe playoff team. They're not going to be like awful, but they're also not going to be the six and three to start the year, fourth in the West right now. So I think. That that's that's my opinion. I think they're a good team, but they have a little bit to go until they can start competing with top teams in the West. Yeah, I would say my concern for them is on the defensive end. Uh, they're very talented offensively, I would say, especially with Luca and Porzingis. But they're currently nineteenth, or excuse me, they're currently eighteenth in defensive rating right now, and they're worse than the Chicago Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks, which I and the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I was not sure was possible when it comes to, to defensive rating. Uh, and your Brooklyn Nets are about at 26, by the way. Jesus. But anyway, <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. But anyway, I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the defense first of all for Dallas because I just I mean I look at you said the three top players Tim Hardaway Jr. Kristaps Porzingis Luca. I defense is not not the word that comes to mind when when no. I think of those three players. So you got to be able to guard in the Western Conference because there's going to be guys night in night out that can be able to score on you, and if you can't stop them, then obviously you're not going to be winning. And another thing too. Kristaps Porzingis is super injury prone. I mean, he missed a lot of time with that injury uh, last year and a little bit the year before. And, you know, I just think when you're seven foot three and you're that tall and you play that much, that much wear and tear, like you're destined to get injury prone. And like we mentioned, Luke, uh, Luca, Kristaps Porzingis together, averaging almost 50 a game. You take Kristaps Porzingis out of that lineup, and I think we're just back to the same old, same old Mavericks from last year. So, you know, I, I definitely think I definitely think Porzingis is probably going to hurt, get hurt at some point this year. And even if they all stay healthy, I don't think they can keep it up because I just don't think their defense is going to be good enough. No. So what about these Suns? I think these Suns look not like the Suns. And I think that if Monty Williams went to the Lakers, the Lakers would look like the Shaq and Kobe Lakers because Monty Williams looks like God right now. He looks like he is the best coach in the NBA after turning the Phoenix Suns, who we're probably the worst team, the worst team in the past five years, maybe next to the Knicks. 
in the NBA that are just completely inept and completely, absolutely don't know what they're doing. Awful. And now they look like a competitive team who blew out the Nets by 26 points last night and are six in the West with a six and three record. I mean, you can't make this up. Literally no one, no one predicted this and no one thought this would happen. They have the 10th ranked defensive rating in the NBA. They have the fifth ranked offensive rating in the NBA and the strength schedule hasn't even been that bad. They, they have not played bad teams. So I don't know. I, I don't think that they're for real. I think this is just a streaky hot start. Like the Memphis Grizzlies were last year. They'll, they'll come back down to earth, but man, dude, Aaron Baines for MVP. I, <laughs> is that a discussion that we're ready to have yet? I mean, you were saying you were saying they don't look like the Phoenix Suns, and I'll I'll stick to that point. The Phoenix Suns, I still am not convinced that the the look of the Phoenix Suns right now, the six and three Phoenix Suns, as we record this, I I don't think that's the Phoenix Suns. I think I will say though, Ricky Rubio and Aaron Baines were nice acquisitions. Rubio is almost averaging 10, 10 assists a game, and uh, the currently the Suns lead the NBA with twenty eight, I believe, point six assists per game. Uh, so far, yes, there are twenty eight point one assists per game. Uh, the Phoenix Suns lead the NBA by almost two assists per game over every other team, and they're top five in scoring as well. So they have a good formula of they score the ball and they move the ball really well, and also their defense has been pretty solid this year. I just don't know if they can keep it up because right now they're relying really heavily on Ricky Rubio and Aaron Baines, and you know they're they're two good players and they're almost top ten in defensive rating right now too. But I just I just don't think you can rely on Ricky Rubio and Aaron Baines. I, I think, I mean, I think this team has potential to be solid, but I mean, if we're talking playoff team, we're talking, you know, not like we're talking late half the lottery. I, I'm, I'm still not convinced. Kelly Uber looks like a stud, dude. Like, yeah, he looks really good. Yeah, and that's another thing too. I think Kelly Uber is a like a Tim Hardaway-ish like player where you know you get really streaky. Actually, Kelly Uber was traded for Tim Hardaway in the NBA draft. Uh, when the Atlanta when the Atlanta Hawks drafted Uber, trade him for Tim Hardaway Jr. But anyway, I just <laughs> I just think either with their teams anymore. I I just think they're I just think he's kind of a microwave microwave type player. I think you know he'll hit his hot streaks, but I think he's also you know the law of averages what must what goes up must come down, what goes down must come up type of situation. You know, I I think that's the thing with Kelly Oubre, and I think you know Rubio's a solid player, Bain's solid player. I just don't think you can count on them though. Yeah. That- I think that's exactly what this team is. This team is just I'm I'm gonna go with the fluke side. I'm a pretty I'm a big pessimist today, but I, I'm gonna go with the fluke side for the Phoenix Suns. They they just look like they're hitting their stride way too early and that they're filled with players who are just getting hot right now. I was watching because the Nets game, the Nets aren't a great defensive team. That's pretty that's a big understatement. They're not I'm gonna give them that though. They're not a great defensive team. They're pretty awful. That's more like uh, that's a more accurate statement. But the Phoenix Suns, it's not like the Nets were just giving them buckets. They they were they were working and they were hitting everything, dude. They they look like just a completely hot basketball team right now, and I think that they're feeling themselves. You know the Valley the Valley boys, man. I I'm sleeping hard, but sheesh, they 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 do actually do look really really good. Yeah, I will give them credit. The first ten games of the year, they they do look really really good as a team. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now we're gonna move on to uh, some some lighter notes. So first, Gordon Hayward. Having hand surgery today on his left hand, I think he was going to seek some second options on it, but uh, his agent has informed the media that he will have surgery, which I think is just such a bummer. He was he was uh, finally starting to have a good year this year. Yeah, because he finally got over that psychological uh, destruction of the, watching his ankle go into two different places. But you know, I I kind of I feel bad for him. He was kind of coming to his own again, 
and he's just throwing a whole other wrench into it with this hand into with this hand surgery. And it wouldn't be a Dimes and Irish podcast without your weekly. Let's see what's going on with the worst basketball franchise in the association, the New York Knicks. Yes, the New York Knickerbockers. They are awful. And this this podcast, like many other basketball podcasts, love to slander the Knicks. And I'm going to do it again here. They have absolutely no idea what they're doing. David Fisdale is somehow the scapegoat here. Like, he's not a great coach, but this is not a David Fisdale problem. This is a Steve Mills problem. Steve Mills has been with this franchise since the early 2000s. And ever since then, they haven't done jack. They have hired the wrong people at each turn. They have had limited success. Listen, I could go much more into this, but them having a press conference basically saying – it's not our fault. Blame David Fisdale is so dumb because they set up David Fisdale to fail. Their their roster that they put together after missing out on two of the free agents that they hyped themselves up to get in the summer is awful. They have a glaring hole at point guard. They signed like three different power forwards, one of which has been a complete disappointment with Julius Randle. And for them to say that this is not where they are is just a complete scapegoating of David Fisdale. Okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my punch in on here. Okay, so first of all, Steve Mills goes up and says, you know, it's it's not our fault. Well, he didn't say this, but that's what the leaks are coming out. It's not our fault. It's David Fisdale's fault. Well, it's not our fault, but it's the fault of the guy that we hired. So, I mean, uh-huh. th- doesn't that make it your fault? I mean, if if you hire if you or if you're a boss and you hire somebody below you that is truly incompetent yeah it's their fault to some perspective but it's also your fault you're the one that hired him too so that's first of all second of all they do not have a point guard which is just hilarious because when phil jackson drafted frank nilakina to be the the face of the franchise and frank nilakina turned out to be trash the knicks said okay we're gonna pick dennis smith jr because we passed on him now that phil jackson's gone we're gonna trade for him and now he's trash too so not only did they strike out on Nilakina, but they traded for a guy who they thought was the, the guy that they made a mistake drafting Nilakina over, and now he's trash too. So I, I just think everything that comes to this franchise, if it's gold, if it's not gold, it just it, it turns to waste by the time it gets there. It's, You're taking for Zion, Jack. Don't worry. They're going to get Zion, and then, then this free agency, they're going to get Katie and Kyrie, right? Because it's, yeah. it's all going to be all right, right? Yeah. I think LeBron to New York, hashtag whenever he becomes a free agent next. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Giannis is going there, right? When he when he's a, when he's a free agent? Absolutely. Um, So we got our next lender in. You ready to move on? I've yeah. got enough of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say my ball of the week. My ball of the week is James Harden. James Harden, uh, I know you're listening to us right now because I really roasted you, and I think Jack did too. So, hi, James. And second off, Good job. You did exactly what I wanted you to do. You want you became James Harden again. He, in his last three games, is averaging 41 points a game, nine assists, and eight rebounds on 43-43-76 splits. Now, James Harden, I want you to stay like this because the Rockets need you very, very much so right now. And I think the same thing happened last year with the Rockets was that James Harden and their team started off really, really poorly. And then within like a month or two, they kind of started to become Houston again. And I think that's the case here. We kind of maybe overreacted a little bit, but I think the Houston Rockets are back. I think that James Harden's back. And I don't know, maybe we have another MVP season coming up. That's that, that's another reaction as well. But now he balled out this week. He won NBA Eastern Conference or Western Conference Player of the Week. 
Speaking of MVP, uh, I know this is going to be such a hot take right here, but my baller week is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wow. His last uh, in the month of November, which is he's played six games at this point, he is averaging a lot of points. He's averaging 33.7 points per game in 33.7 minutes per game. So that's kind of a, a funny stat. And he's he's putting up a double-double in each of his last six games as well. And I'm just going to just read out some of his last five games. So 36, 15, and 8, 34, 15, and 6, 38, 16, and 9, 30, 13, and 4, 35, 16, and 3. So, you know, we've talked about all these star players struggling this year, or at least some of them. You know, we talked about the whole Harden and Westbrook thing at the beginning of the year about, you know, some star players getting acclimated with losing some guys. or So Giannis lost uh, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, and, you know, people thought the Bucks were going to regress a lot this year. And he's just you know, he's just doing his own thing, continuing to ball out. And I feel like there's not as much spotlight on him because the Bucks are a pretty drama-free organization. But, you know, shout out to Giannis. He's continuing to do his thing, whether or not he has players by, him side, by his side. He's still a great coach, still has a great team, and uh, he's still doing his thing. So my boom of the week is the Phoenix Suns. We talked about them enough on this podcast, so I'll just give you a little of a brief little thing. Six and three, they look like amazing. They look like a playoff team, but hopefully it stays. But that's exactly why it's boom or bust, because right now they are a boom team and they could easily turn into a bust team. So congratulations, Phoenix Suns. And my other boom of the week is... On the Eastern Conference, Pascal Siakam, he won NBA Western Conference or NBA Eastern Conference Player of the Week as well. After scoring 44 points against the Pelicans, that was the biggest performance of the week, and he looks like he is going to win Most Improved Player of the Week, uh, Player of the Year again. Is that has that ever happened? Back to back MVPs? Probably not. No, probably. I don't think it ever has. Yeah, but and it probably won't because you know that's it's pretty it's it sounds pretty rare, but dude, he looks like he took it to a whole nother level again. So I don't know. I, I, I like me some Pascal this year. And uh, my boom of the week is another potential most improved player of the year candidate so far, Jabari Parker for the Atlanta Hawks. After John Collins got suspended, he started four games, and he's averaging 22.3 points per game and eight rebounds a game ever since uh, Mr. Collins got suspended for doing uh, – illegal substances that the NBA caught him for using. And uh, last night, or I guess Sunday night in Portland, 27 points. Uh, and then the, the game before that against Sacramento, again, that they lost on Friday night, 25 points. So Jabari Parker so far has three games over 23 points this year. Uh, and as he continues to get more starts, I think his average right now of 17.6 points per game going to continue to go up and establishing himself as a nice second option. And as he's probably going to hit the free agent market this summer, get a big contract, and he's probably also going to wreck John Collins' value as well because the Hawks are able to put up points on the board even when John Collins is not playing. Jabari doesn't take PEDs. He's big, though. He's big. Yeah, he's a big guy. But he, you know, maybe maybe it'll come up that he accidentally took one because, you know, somewhere out there right now, send a prior uh, athlete is taking a PED without their knowledge. So Sports talk, Barry. Sports talk, Barry. Send out a prayer. Um, yeah, you have your bust. Show me your bust real quick. My bust of the week is John Collins. Probably no surprise, but him being on my today. him being on my favorite team. Uh, just just very disappointed, Mister Collins. This is you know a bust. It's it's usually not like his usual performance, and I would say injecting himself with growth hormone is uh, not his usual not his usual thing. So I'm a little disappointed in him, uh, and especially. 
after he, he said he accidentally took it. You know, he doesn't need it. And he was playing, yeah. he was playing, he was playing well, shooting well, playing well. You know, I just, I, I'm, just, I'm just confused, disappointed, sad. But so, hey. yeah, no, I, I don't really, I, I don't know why he did it. He doesn't really need it. He's an athletic freak. He doesn't need to be big. Um, so if you guys don't know, we do a segment on the show. It's called the Magic Johnson Take of the Week. Magic Johnson goes on Twitter after he resigned from a position as president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers. And he gives his absolute best at deep, in-depth analysis. But it turns out that he doesn't even know how to form a deep analyst of basketball. Analysis of basketball. He turns he, – he points out the most obvious things and says them as if they are a revelation. So I'm going to do that right now. And my – Magic Johnson take of the week is because of lack of defense and energy, the Brooklyn Nets are not a good basketball team. This team is awful. They are. I, I could go on an entire podcast rant of the problems with the Brooklyn Nets as of right now. And we are nine games into the season, so I'm not going to overreact too hard, but they look awful. They traded. They did not, not trade. They switched a bad defensive player in D'Angelo Russell for an even worse defensive player in Kyrie Irving. They lost their best defender on the team in DeMar. Not, they, they, they lost two of their best defenders on the team in, Ky, in uh, DeMar Carroll and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And they replaced him with Torian Prince, who's supposed to be a good defender. Maybe I was wrong all these uh, all, all, all this year. I mean, you would know better than me. And, the, and Rodion's Kuruks looks god-awful. He looks like nothing like he did last year. And the team just has no energy anymore because they lost their hype guy, Jared Dudley. And but Theo Pence is still over there dancing, but you know they don't have the same team chemistry as last year. And it's very early if they they might get it, but right now the Brooklyn Nets are not a good basketball team. Yeah, I I will say before I jump into mine, I I was laughing when everyone was trying to convince me that Torian Prince was a good defender who was going to be able to play the four for Brooklyn, and you know how a new change of uh, setting for Torian Prince was going to help him. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see no, I, it. I I fooled myself into believing that. Okay, my uh, Magic Johnson take of the week is after losing Kawhi Leonard in the offseason, Pascal Siakam and the Raptors are still good at basketball, and they've shown it by beating the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday night by a final score of 113-104 to 104 on the road. <laughs> That's great, Magic. Thank you. Okay, so now it's time for our uh, new weekly segment that I just randomly thought of, and I thought, hey, maybe this is a good idea. Now it's time to... Uh, uh, by request of the you know popular meme, the OK Boomer memes, we're gonna give out our uh, OK Boomer take of the week, uh, and I'm gonna start uh, by so president for the Knicks, Steve Mills, says that the front office still believes in Coach David Fisdale, that they have patience, and that they believe in Coach, and that they also said that they wanted to come talk to the media, which was proven false after Frank Isola reported that owner James Dolan made James Mills go up and speak to the media. So, okay, Boomer. Jim Boylan said, for me, my background, frankly, it all goes back to my expectations. Being with Michael and Charlotte, Michael used to tell me, tell them every year you're paid to play 82 games. Michael Jordan, you are a Boomer. And you just prove it right there. Jim Boylan was talking about load management after being asked that. And Michael, load management is a smart tactic. You are paid to play all 82 games, but 
even through injury, you're probably not going to play all 82 games. It is pretty rare for a player, not pretty rare, but a lot of players don't play all 82 games. So regardless of its load management, that's wrong. And load management for the sake of your franchise, if you have a franchise player and you are a consistent playoff contender, consistent contender, you're probably going to rest that guy. And if you don't, then you're overusing him. So Michael Jordan, you are a boomer. Okay, so that was our uh, OK Boomer take of the week. And that's going to wrap things up for our podcast today. Thank you for listening to Episode 8. We'll be back next week with Episode 9. And I said the same thing before we ended our show last week. I just really hope some, some something interesting happens over this next week so we can talk about it next week. And uh, my prayers were answered. We had the whole gummy gate with Deion Waiters. We had another drug suspension. Oh, load management. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch on yeah. Load management started to heat up. Uh, we had another good session of Magic Johnson and OK Boomer takes of the weeks. The New York Knicks, once again, are not good, which is good because then we can slander them. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask for the same thing. So hopefully, hopefully we'll have some interesting subjects to talk about next week. And uh, yeah, that'll wrap up today's podcast. Thank you everyone for listening, wherever you may be. And uh, yeah, any, uh, any last words? Drake should not have gotten booed off of the camp vlog not stage is all i'm gonna say i'm a big drake fan anything mm. for you jack um the falcons beating the new orleans saints even though they were one and seven coming into the game and now they are two and seven and they are still not good at football there's always just a great feeling about beating your arch rival especially when they're a good team too so who that nation baby shout out to the dirty birds for getting the job done they're still off of football they should still fire dan quinn but hey Got the win in New Orleans. Got the win. Beat Saints. That's all that matters. Okay. Thank everyone for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week for episode nine. Peace.